Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Connie Chung. And I'm Kenny Gong. This is a show for budding real estate agents, whether you're new to the industry or seasoned and refining the fundamentals of your craft. We share practical tools and powerful stories with the vision to take our time to give you time, the most valuable resource of all. Yes, and today is very, very special. We're calling it Boba, Boba Talk, Talk. Woo! with Connie and Kenny. <laughs> and we've got our bobas here with us. Kenny, what'd you get? Uh, I got a matcha latte with oat milk mm. and boba and mango puree. Um, and it's pretty delicious. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and your oat milk. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's very filling, too. It's like a meal. Yeah. yeah. What'd you get? Uh, I got Hong Kong style milk tea. So it's black milk tea yeah. with condensed milk as Ooh. opposed to any type of milk yeah. drink. Mm-hmm. It's very delicious. And I got it hot this time. Mm, so melted straw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm eating my boba with the spoon, which is a first. Yeah, delicious. So let's get right in. This is going to be casual, candid, and highly caffeinated. And I'm re- I'm feeling the caffeine. I'm definitely feeling and the it, caffeine It's post too. 2 p.m. So, gosh, so we're not going to sleep. We're not going to sleep tonight. That's how special this episode is. We're talking about our top 10 lessons learned during this decade. So hello, 2020. We are coming for you. But before we do, we're going to do some uh, some thinking about some lessons learned. Oh, yeah. And let's be real. We've learned a lot of lessons this decade. And so we're paring it down to five for each of us and in no particular order. And I'm excited because these lessons that we've learned along the way, we've learned through the journey of life. And we're so excited excited to share it with all of you yep so here we go let's go all right lesson number one make your home wherever you are so 10 years ago after graduating from college i traveled around europe on my own i bought a round trip ticket to and from london with four months in between and no known itinerary Uh i had only known where i was going to stay for the first few days in london and it was all through couch surfing definitely something you do in your early 20s (laughs) yes definitely oh if only i could go back to that today So one couch surfing host in particular in Geneva, she was a chic, artistic woman. Um, She had made me risotto for dinner and it was a very simple fennel risotto from an old school Italian cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, And she served it with a slice of lemon and this very cute napkin that was just bright yellow. Uh And I remember thinking, wow, I can't wait to be an adult and have my home one day and serve a meal with like, with a really nice napkin. And it was that simple touch that I have learned to take with me everywhere I go in whatever home I'm in, that those are kind of the little touches that make your home wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And if I could say my crucial tips for making a home wherever you are, they would include natural light. Yep. A fresh coat of paint, yes, if possible. Some plants and quality bed sheets do help too. Oh, they're the best. Warm, inviting, a mm-hmm. bed that you can just dive right into. Exactly. That warm and inviting feel is really all you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell me, what's one lesson you've learned, Kenny? One of my lessons is that your story matters. 
Um, so 10 years ago, I was a student at UC Berkeley and I was majoring in ethnic studies, which is a discipline that explores the history of people of color in this country and globally. And it was in those classes and in those seminars that I realized for kind of the first time, how many people's stories have been erased from the history books. And that included people like me. That included Chinese Americans, that included LGBTQ people whose stories and lives were not represented in books or in media. And so, yeah, so that was one of the few times, one of the first times when I realized how important stories matter and that representation matters Mm -hmm. and that showing up and being true to ourselves in public is such an important part of living authentically and also encouraging others to also live authentically. And I actually really saw those theories that we were learning in the classroom come alive because I don't know if a lot of people know, but I was, um, I'm a retired politician (laughs) and I was elected to UC Berkeley student Senate. And if you don't know, um, student elections at UC Berkeley are very intense. I do remember seeing, I remember getting approached by folks. (laughs) Yes. I was the person approaching people. (laughs) I had um, a nine-person campaign team with three campaign managers, and it was a really amazing experience, but also reminded me how important it was for communities to have their stories, their identities, their experiences, their struggles represented in an institution like a government institution. So that was such a crucial, crucial part of helping me realize how important my story was, how important it was to elevate and uplift other people's stories if I had a voice and if I had a platform. What have you got next up? Ooh, well, I've got a good story for you, Kenny. Ooh, okay. So my third lesson is be open to whoever you meet and whenever you meet them. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't know, but I met Brian, my husband, in Las Vegas of all <laughs> places. And this was early 2010. Uh-huh. Actually, I had just come back from traveling and I was applying and looking for jobs And here I was going to Vegas with my sister and her girlfriends on Mm -hmm. a work girls trip. And on the dance floor, it was when Brian at Club Excess at the Wynn Hotel (laughs) asked me to dance. And I was like, oh, sure. Why not? not? Um, And we danced. And funny enough, it. We had like talked and he was like, oh, you know, I live in San Francisco. And I had actually just interviewed for my first job in San Francisco that week. And we exchanged numbers, not thinking anything else would happen, but like, oh, cool. There was a San Francisco connection. Who knows? And it turns out that he would then ask me out on a date. Uh Buca de Beppo was our first date with 25 (laughs) of his like guy friends. Oh, gosh. Buca Um, de Beppo. I know. Wow, fancy. (laughs) R.I.P. Buca. (laughs) Because it no longer exists in, in the city. But yeah, just never in my wildest dreams did I think I would meet my husband on a dance floor in a club in uh-huh. Las Vegas. So but it what, was um, just that being open to yeah. what meeting, having a new connection. And I just felt so natural yeah. and comfortable in his presence. And we just clicked. Mm-hmm. So what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. No, it does not. <laughs> 
So while we have a lot of shared history, having both gone to Berkeley, having a lot of mutual friends, we actually didn't really, really know each other until we ran into each other at a grassroots fundraising conference. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's those happenstance moments when you're open to seeing a friendly face and making a connection. And I always look back to that time, that lunch, when you asked if you could sit right next to me Uh, um, (laughs) and just how cool it was and how that's led to such a great friendship, such a great business relationship. So be open to whom you may meet wherever and whenever you meet them. Uh Yeah, that's a good one. So the lesson number four is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I love this one because I think it really speaks to intention and deliberation and just being really thoughtful about how you spend your time. And so when I was a kid, I loved watching cooking shows on PBS. My favorite was Baking with Julia, which is when Julia Child would have all kinds of amazing bakers come and she would just bake with them in their (laughs) homes. And it was just, oh, it's still to this day, one of my favorite TV shows. And so as a kid, I always wanted to be a baker. So mid-decade, we're talking about 2015-ish, 2014, when I was at Lyric and I was looking for a change. I wanted to do something else. I knew baking was where I should go. So I became a professional baker. Mm -hmm. I started out baking pies. Shout out to Three Babes Bake Shop, um, which is one of our favorite pie shops to this day. And after Three Babes, I was hired onto the baking team for Andy Town Coffee Roasters. They had a single shop in the Outer Sunset. Also shout out to Andy Town, who now is just like a massive player in San Francisco and in the third wave artisan coffee scene. But anyways, when I started to bake at Andy Town especially, it was the most idyllic environment to bake in. And I made delicious small batch goods like scones and muffins and the signature Andy Town Irish soda bread farrel mm-hmm. and um, homemade jams and just everything. It was an open kitchen. So we had direct interaction with customers, the entire team from the founders to the baristas to everyone in between was so, well, they were so amazing. And we were by the beach and we would have family meals together. Like truly, truly, I didn't even have to wake up that early. Like it was the best. <laughs> if I wanted to bake. You didn't have that like 2 a.m. baker's call? No, not at all. So if I wanted to be a baker, this is where I needed to bake. Mm -hmm. But I soon realized that it just didn't feel right Mm. for no particular reason. So soon enough, I realized because it wasn't a hell yes, it had become a hell no. And so sadly, I had to say goodbye. And it was really, really heartbreaking for me to do so, to say goodbye to a lifelong dream, but to realize that that wasn't the right dream. So I went off to real estate and now, and then back then real estate really was and still is a hell yes. And that's the lesson. Ooh, such a good one. Uh, okay. Lesson number five. Ooh, this, I've got a good hell yes to this one. Kenny. (laughs) Um, so lesson number five, surround yourself with good friends and travel with them too. Mm -hmm. And I love this one because I, and a group of my girlfriends went to Cabo for my 25th birthday and a couple others were turning 25 and it was just so fun. We were sipping margaritas, lounging by the pool And it dawned on me after that trip that, gosh, we don't need to just go on friends trips for milestones. Like 
We can go anytime. Anytime. So in this past decade, I've been looking back and reflecting that we've had so many incredible friends trips. And for new listeners and folks who may not know, Kenny and I started as friends before we became business partners. And I love that we have a lot of mutual friends and have traveled with them. The two of us have traveled. We've traveled with Brian. And it's really cool to think that we've gone from Seattle, Washington to remember our road trip to Vancouver oh, and in the rain, you were driving in the rain. I was literally scared for our lives, but you got us through Kenny. I'm very <laughs> thankful for that. And, and I was in the middle of one of the biggest transactions yes. on the listing end. It yep. was, I think like a $1.7 million condominium yeah, downtown really yeah. early on. So a lot was at stake and it was still so fun. Mm -hmm. We got massages. I think I introduced you to your first ever massage. Yes. And have, I have now have since had hundreds oh, of massages. I was, I was just <laughs> so thank in, you. in awe that you had not had a massage until then. <laughs> but how lucky and fortunate I felt to introduce you to mm -hmm. such a luxury. Yes. And ever since then, it's been so cool to just travel with my family and bringing in our friends and we've gone everywhere local to Forestville up north mm -hmm. in Russian River to Scottsdale Arizona with our friends to international Berlin yeah. Germany and I remember how you and Brian surprised me on my 30th birthday in Paris yeah. which was just so incredible and it's cool to think that you hear of like these family trips and then you have your friends trips, but when you mingle them all together, it's really, truly special. I even remember in Paris, that's where we took, was that your first pregnancy picture? Yeah. I made my pregnancy announcement, yeah. announcing my little baguette in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. And it's incredible. And so we, I highly encourage all you listeners out there, if you've got your good friends, book a trip with them and it yeah. doesn't have to be far. You can stay local, get a house. Just being in a new environment really adds depth and dimension yeah. to a relationship. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Lesson number six. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. Lesson number six is align your actions to your values. No matter what others think, no matter what others say, align your actions to your values. Mm. So a lot of people don't know that I have a daughter. Um, well, she's a special niece. <laughs> You're a spunkle. I'm a spunkle, a special uncle. And her name is Juno and she's the best. She's the cutest. Her two moms are dear friends of mine and I helped them conceive Juno about three years back. And funny enough, she's a mere two months younger than Connie's daughter, Mia, because of course, Connie and I do everything <laughs> together, including having babies. We did not plan that, <laughs> but gosh, how special. How special, absolutely. And yeah, so a lot of people were actually really hesitant or unsure about me donating sperm. There was a lot of questions all about, you know, what it meant for me, if I wanted to have kids, what it would meant mm. for that relationship, what it would mean for, you know, the, the kid to be an adult and what their relationship would be, would be with me. So there's just a lot of questions, a lot of concerns that a lot of people were bringing up to me, but I decided to do it because ultimately I wanted to adhere to my values and this act of donating sperm to my friends 
was just me practicing my values. And so many of my values include helping people and serving people in any way that I can. If I ever can help, I want mm-hmm. to be able to do so. And my values also include helping good people get where they want to go. And especially for queer people, you know, as someone who identifies as queer, I know the history of oppression and repression and discrimination that queer people have experienced in our country Mm -hmm. and globally. So to be able to help queer people create queer families Mm. is so important to me. And it really, really speaks to my values of creating the world that I want to see. Oh, I love that. So that was why I decided to do it. No matter no matter what people were saying, no matter the hesitations that people were feeling, I value community and helping people create community. And I'm so happy I did it because Juno is truly the best. And I have loved my relationship that I have built with Juno's moms mm-hmm. and the relationship that I have with that whole family is something that is so special to me and something that now I would do again and again and again. So that's the lesson that I learned from that little experience. Um, actually, it's a pretty big experience. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, very. Oh, I love that. Especially because I know you so well and I know community is a huge value of yours. And as your friend, it's been so cool to see you create this community out of this experience, which is huge. And you know, I've had the privilege of meeting her a couple times and seeing her smile and I can see little bits of her in you and I can see how happy your sweet friends are from the experience and just the really cool relationship and bond and community you you all have created through yeah. that. Yeah, we like we've created family mm-hmm. in a way that I never expected to, mm. but in a way that I would never want to lose. Totally. Oh, that's a really special one. Yeah. What do we got next? So lesson number seven, there is a season for all things. And I, this one I've learned sort of recently and through a little, through some tough love, I would say. But as some of you may know, I've been trying to get pregnant over the last six, seven, eight months. I've sort of lost count at this point. And it was really hard to comprehend, like, I'm trying to do X. Why won't it lead to Y? But in this whole process, I've just come to learn that there's a time and a season and for my time and it will happen. And looking back, I think I was afraid to take on more work because I was afraid that I wouldn't have the energy for whatever I was to take on if in this mindset, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be pregnant soon. And at the same time, I was actually afraid and resentful that I was working too much, thinking that that was a reason why I wasn't going to get pregnant. And then I was stressed and then all of it. And I've just come to let all of that go and accept that there is a season for all things. And so it's been nice because Brian and I, we've taken a break and, and it's been a huge relief to know that letting that go and that wanting and that thought of loss or or of not having what I wanted has just really opened the door and opened so much of what's happened for us in the past few months of our second baby, I would say (laughs) of this business. And while it was almost as if it was meant to be for this timing to be, to create something that I think I've had this calling for. And I know you have had in your own way of creating something new in the real estate industry and really 
spending time and dedicating our heart and soul into it. And it's really something I take huge pride in and love and gives me so much joy and satisfaction. And I really appreciate that and know that 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 was meant to be. And so instead of being stuck on this timeline of feeling like, oh, I need to have kids that are a certain number of years apart or that, oh, I need to do it now. And, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm such a, a doer, it's yes. like, come on, let's get this yeah. done. It's just like letting it go and knowing that there will be a season for when that's meant to be. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's such a good one. And to be able to just say, okay, I'm going to allow what needs to happen to happen on its own time and it will happen on its own time. Totally. Okay. So take us to number eight, Kenny. Number eight. The lesson number eight is the best investments that you can make are in yourself. And this is something that I started thinking about about three years ago. And I decided that at that time to spend cash on myself and not for things or material goods, but on professionals who could help me become the best version of myself. So we're talking therapy. I'm talking a lot of therapy from group therapy to individual therapy. We're talking meditation classes. We're talking business coaching, life coaching, personal development courses, online self-education. I've done it all. I love it. I have spent so much money this decade, but I've spent it on people who have made it their own mission to improve the lives of others. And I couldn't be happier or more grateful that I've done that because it has helped me really feel like I have become the person that I that I'm supposed to become. It's helped me push myself and challenge myself to become better, to be better. And I think that this is also a moment when I've realized that I have spent years, so many years saying yes to everyone else around me. And it wasn't until about three years ago when I said, I'm going to invest in myself that I started saying yes to myself. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for it because it has changed my life, my personal life for the better. It has changed my professional life for the better. It helped us get to a point in our business, in our real estate business that I'm so proud we were able to get to. It has helped me feel okay and feel good that we're transitioning to a different evolution of our business. And it has helped my relationships. It has helped my friendships. It has helped my interpersonal connections feel so much more in depth and powerful and compelling. And it's the most incredible thing to be able to just work on myself and to allow myself to actually be, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but it allows myself. You can be selfish. (laughs) You're like the least selfish person I know, Kenny. It allows me to take care of myself so that I can take care of others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's most important because me investing in myself allows me to be my best self so that I can show up better for other people. Mm -hmm. So good. So that's the lesson. What's the next lesson we've got? All right. Lesson number nine, appreciate the gift of time. And this one I've learned more than ever, especially as a parent, because time is flying by right in front of my face. So fast. Like literally with <laughs> Mia growing every day, like every day, every morning I look at her, she's, she's changing. Yeah. 
either growing taller or growing new teeth or just becoming a little toddler. And I feel like just yesterday she was a baby. Yeah. So it's an ever reminder that, wow, time is so valuable. It's our most valuable resource. And I would say it's like our most valuable currency because sure we can make all the money there is to make in this world, but we can't make all the time there is. And I'm just learning in my day-to-day life, knowing how limited time is, how can I make the most of it? Like it's a constant question in my head. And so in my work life, I'm always thinking like, okay, what are the three things, my three big things I want to tackle today? And when I'm working, I really try to hone in and and work, especially in our profession where we don't ha- necessarily have a boss telling us what to do. We have to figure out what we need to do. And then when I'm not working, when I'm at home, it's like, okay, how can I make the most of my time with Mia or with Brian? And it, it's like not being on my phone, but fully being present and playing a toy or reading me a book when sometimes I don't even want, I don't even have the energy and it can be easier to turn on the TV or when I'm with friends or visiting family back home in LA, you know, I think to myself like, oh, who cares to have Instagram out? Because really all the people I wanted would want to show something are like right here in front of my face. (laughs) So let me just enjoy life with them. And really it's, time is such a gift. And I remind myself of that. And that has taught me to be present in the moment, to let go of what happen in the past or what could happen in the future Mm -hmm. and to enjoy time in the present. Yeah. Oh, Oh. and just, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just to add to that because I'm such a yes person. Like I will say yes to almost everything because I'm always open. Learning how precious time is, has made me really hone in on what I do say yes to. So I love your, Mm -hmm. If it's not a hell yes, it's It's a a hell hell no. no. I'm going to (laughs) definitely be playing that more to 2020 and beyond. So Kenny, we are coming down to lesson number 10. What you got for us? So the last lesson is stop worrying, stop thinking, just do it. So I used to say a lot, oh, you know, I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, you know that project I've been wanting to create? It's such a good idea, but you know, I'll just get to it later when I have more time, when I have more brain space, whatever the case may be. I used to say that a lot. And the real answer is that there is no getting to it later because later becomes never. And I have spent so many years just doing what's easy. And because of that, I haven't done what's transformational and what's transformative. And so this is the lesson of just not overthinking things. And I'm, mm. I'm a big thinker, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big worrier. Mm-hmm. I worry about, okay, is this, is, this, is this blank going to fail? Am I going to be good enough to do this blank? Is this going to be a waste of my time? <laughs> I mean, just the things. Uh-huh. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> Everything is just me holding myself back. No one else. It's just me holding myself back. And so I think this is the biggest lesson. It's something that I'm still learning. I applied this lesson just a few months ago when we decided to really step into our new business, this new evolution of our business, and to just say, don't worry about what it could be or what it won't be or what it will be. Stop thinking about all of the things that could go wrong. Just do it. Just see where it goes. And a little bonus lesson is 
create something, put something out into the world and allow it to live, allow it to breathe, allow it to exist in the world and not worry about controlling it, not worrying about where it goes. And I think that's been something that I'm still learning and still grappling with, but something that I think is really, really crucial. That's such a good one. I would love for our listeners, if you've got that thing you've been thinking about that you've been wanting to do and putting it off and worrying that it's not going to be perfect. Oh, if you take nothing from that, from this, except one thing, just, just do, do it. it. Just, just do, do it. Just do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> and tell us about it so we can oh, cheer yeah, you on. Totally. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Our top 10 lessons learned from this past decade. Yes. We are so ready for 2020 now. Come Gosh, on, 2020. Let's do it. Thank you so much for tuning in today to our special Boba Talk episode with Connie and Kenny. If you love more of this, let us know in the comments and hit that subscribe button if you want more because we'll definitely be drinking way more boba. Way more boba, always. And we've always got something to talk about. <laughs> if you've got something in particular you want to want to hear about, let us know. Yes, and if you want more, go to our website, ConnieandKenny.com for resources or to sign up for our newsletter, our email newsletter, where we'll send you insights for your business and your life. You can also follow along our journey and behind the scenes action on our Instagram at Connie and Kenny. So let us know what you enjoyed most about this podcast episode. And until next time, bye. bye.